Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bueri, and as always, I'm with the not-so-random Dr. Lucy Jones. We thank our individual supporters who help underwrite the work of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society through Patreon. Would you consider sponsoring this podcast for as little as $5 per month? Because your support enables us to serve even more communities. Simply go to the Patreon platform at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and just search Dr. Lucy Jones. Now, let's get to it. Today, we're concluding our three-part series on randomness. We're making the connection to our current relationship with randomness in this third year of the COVID-19 pandemic. In our first two parts, which were the previous two episodes, we looked at why humans are wired to hate randomness and what are ways we've dealt with it throughout history. And I mean throughout our human history. You should definitely listen to those two episodes, but to bring everyone up to speed, Lucy, give us the two-minute review of the last two episodes. So we are hardwired to find patterns. That's how our brain evolved, keeping us safe in the primitive world. Random means there is no pattern. So how do our pattern hunting brains handle that? Sometimes we create patterns that don't exist, such as constellations and the distribution of stars. If we can't make up a pattern or we've used our logic to recognize that the pattern's wrong, to reject the pattern, we are in a place of uncertainty. By definition, without a pattern, when it's random, we don't know what is coming next. And that uncertainty creates anxiety. This is more extreme when we are facing a risk. In addition to the drive for a pattern, we are driven by our fear to find a way of being safe. So we compound it and our anxiety levels go up. You know, remember that in our previous discussions, when we've looked at risk, we have two parallel processing systems for risk, the affective, emotionally based one, and our analytical or more logically based one. To make the decision to act, we need to be including the affective emotions. We don't do it on logic alone. That was a good two minutes. So now let's go back two years. Even before the March 2020 shutdown from COVID-19 pandemic, our relationship as society with COVID-19 was tenuous at best. And because of the randomness and uncertainty, think back at the beginning of the pandemic, how much fear we were in. We saw people dying and we didn't know why. We couldn't make the pattern, except there's a virus, but how do you get it? How sick do you get? And it led to a very high level of fear. As we started dealing with the pandemic, we started making patterns and we all jumped on them. I remember spending lots of time looking at all of the statistics that could possibly be coming through. How many cases actually happened outside? Are you safer if you stay outside? Are the masks really worth it? Do we need to be disinfecting our groceries as we did for a while? How much worse was different activities? Were singers at more risk than just speaking? All of these patterns and all this focus on statistics that we've had through the pandemic is trying to find the pattern, trying to remove the randomness and find that path to safety. And these are ideas we've been talking about since the start of this podcast, just two years ago, almost exactly. We thought, you and I, how could we provide some clarity in the face of this uncertainty, in the face of the randomness? And you explained a lot to a lot of people through this podcast. Right. You know, don't share your air. We found some patterns. We were able to use them to be safer. But with COVID, there's really still too much randomness. There's the question of whether or not you're going to catch it. And that's not just the situation. Some people get sick and other ones don't. How sick are you going to get? Yes, there's a pattern that us older people get sicker than you younger people. But <laughs> 
there's plenty of young people that have died from COVID and hundred year olds that get sick for a few days and keep on going. Beyond just the dying, are you going to catch long COVID? All of these factors, there's some pattern. We have general trends, but it's a very large random component to the distribution. Here we all are at risk at some level. In the last two years, more than a million more people have died than would have died without COVID. The life expectancy in the United States has gone down. We are at risk. But people normalize the pandemic risk as a way to deal with that randomness, right? Each person or family or social group took the limited information they were able to access to form the patterns that fit their hopes for the way things can be if they willed it to be. Right. We do as humans have always done. We use our brains to make patterns to find a way to reduce our feeling of fear. In the case of COVID, as the whole tribalization that's been going on in the United States, we are seeing two divergent approaches to dealing with that feeling of risk. One way is to believe that it's not as bad as it seems. If you can just say, I just don't believe those statistics, and you hear it from other people that it's really not that bad, you can get yourself in a place where you can believe it's not that bad because you know people that got COVID and didn't get that sick. That must be the norm, right? And you can live in that environment. The other way is to believe it is as bad as it is, or perhaps even worse, and you can even get obsessive over ways to stay safer. Of course, you want your mask when you're in an indoor setting, but wearing your mask outside, wearing your mask while you're biking down the street or making sure you never have contact with other people. We also see people who have sort of denied themselves any sort of life as a way to feel safer in the face of this risk that really does seem overwhelming. Both of these approaches are really influenced by what we see in others. Of course, that's a, another very human characteristic. We do what we see other people doing. And we tend to match those people we know. So we've got essentially a politicization of these two approaches. I'm either going to believe it's not as bad as it is, or I'm going to believe it's worse than it is and obsess about all the things that I can do to stop but, it. But are there people in the middle, Lucy? Are there people that know that it's bad, but don't over-obsess and don't discount how bad it could be? Of course. But you're going to probably have an emotional tendency towards one or the other, just driven by who you're around. But I think another really important point here is that because it's a pandemic, other people's choices affect our risk. And therefore, we have a very emotional response to other people's choices. You've seen this where people don't just refuse to wear a mask. They get upset that other people are wearing masks. Well, that seeing someone else with a mask is a visual statement that it's more dangerous than you're trying to believe that it is. Whereas the people who get, oh, look at those selfish people not wearing masks. Your own mask does you quite a bit of good, but we have to do everything we can, which means make everybody else do it the same way we are. Especially as we've diverged in this way, we're feeling very threatened by other people's choices. And even now today, as we approach summer 2022, people aren't acting like they're at risk anymore. Now that we're at this point, we've really normalized things. Every time we go to an event or have an invitation for a speaking engagement, Lucy, it's indoors, people are not required to wear masks, and it's just, well, if, if I get sick, I get sick. We've normalized the experience we're having. None of us can live with a high state of fear for a really long time. And of course, things are really changed because we now have vaccines. The risk is way down for people who are vaccinated. You then say, why are people unwilling to be vaccinated? But of course, accepting the vaccination is accepting that this 
disease is dangerous enough to require the vaccine and to accept the risks of the vaccines. It means that getting a vaccine can make you feel less safe. But at this point, with everyone who wants to be vaccinated being vaccinated, we are getting into a much more individualized approach to it. I'd like to see us have a bit more compassion for the choices that other people make, recognizing that everybody is making these decisions from an emotional place because that's what human beings do. And we all struggle to keep the analytical in there when it is the emotion that's going to generate the actual action to take an approach. Our feelings about randomness have always invoked the spiritual side of the human experience. I think back even actually Albert Einstein, the ultimate logical person, right? He really disliked quantum mechanics, saying God doesn't play dice with the universe. That feeling that when it's random, it's like we lose meaning. And that causes a lot of spiritual, emotional reactions with us. And so as we're faced with uncertainty and randomness, we need to keep compassion for all the different decisions that people are making. So bottom line, human beings don't like randomness. And we have this coping mechanism to deal with it, right? It's called making patterns that may or may not actually be there. COVID is stressing our capacity to manage randomness, the randomness that comes with a pandemic. And that stress of the individual turns to stress to the society. So our work, you and I, Lucy, and the work of everyone listening really is to know this and bring about that other great attribute of compassion that helps define humanity. We have to treat each other with that compassion that times of randomness and uncertainty always bring about. So until next time, I'm John Bwery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a supporter at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones. <laughs>